Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Uh, it's really good to be back. Um, it's been a rough couple of weeks for me, but um, it, it feels good to be kind of getting back to normal-ish anyways. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know everybody really missed you over the last month, and uh, I'm really happy to have you back. I mean, we've we've held on to uh, the Dead by Daylight dating sim news. I, I kept mentioning <laughs> it. Don't worry, she's going to offer her opinion. Oh yeah, we have <laughs> we have things to talk about. I have thoughts, you guys. Don't you worry. <laughs> I still think back to the. Uh, to the, to Remember the when we of, thought it was an it was an April Fool's joke? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just about to say a couple months yeah. ago when we thought it was uh, April Fool's prep, but really it's a uh, it's a it's a real thing. And I I mean like I've even like placed it out of my memory for a little bit, so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to discussing it. But uh, I figured including um, the the Marvel Snap uh, X Hearthstone devs news uh, for you as well would have been like too much. <laughs> uh, you know, as a return of like Hearthstone X Hearthstone makes card battler and dead by daylight dating sim. Like, uh, it, it would be well, you too can't much. hold on to both those bombshells, right? True. I, <laughs> I mean, we weren't sure until literally this past week when I was going to be returning. So I don't blame you for not sitting on all that news. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I am really looking forward to really diving into, to Marvel snap. I, those, Oh man. That announcement was so full of nostalgia for me. Like, I freaking love that dev team. And it, for those of you that don't know, like, they have so many OG Hearthstone people. Like, it's not just Ben Brode. Obviously, Brode is always, like, the joyful, enthusiastic, like, face, right? But um, the team behind him is a lot of original Hearthstone devs um, all the way through, like, Jamaro from the art team. They've got Hamilton Chu and Yang Wu from like the executive producer side of things. Uh, they've got Molly, who's an amazing CM. Like the team they've got over there is mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> and so even though it had nothing to do with Blizzard, nothing to do with Hearthstone, watching that reveal trailer was just like made my heart swell. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've missed you guys so much. It's been four years since they all left the Hearthstone team. So yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen them be hyped about a game. So yeah. I'm excited for Marvel Snap. It looks really cool. Yeah, it does look cool. I uh, obviously over the last uh, five to ten years getting more into Marvel thanks to the to the MCU. And, and I think, uh, you know, not since Spider-Man has there been like a Marvel game to really. Well, I, I guess there's been a lot of Marvel games coming out that I've that I've enjoyed. But I think uh, being able to experience all the artwork and the extended universes of of many different Marvel franchises will be really cool. So I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I haven't really been playing too much. I'll, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. We kind of decided like not necessarily like last minute, last minute that I was going to come back this week, but um, I've been basically existing as best as I can. <laughs> I haven't had a whole lot of like energy and mental space to play games. Um, and also Okay, I I didn't play it. I saw the reviews and I avoided it. The new Vampire Masquerade game is getting absolutely shit on. And it's like, a, I think it was like $57 in the Epic Store. And I was like, oh my God, like the reviews, Ryan, are so bad. <laughs> I think it's got like 2.7 out of 10 average score on Metacritic. And like the... um 
like actual news outlets isn't that much better. I think it's like a 58 or something out of 100. And I'm just like, man, outlets rarely review games below seven. Like seven is a low score. So if you're averaging like in the 50s, like, <laughs> that's so bad. So I didn't, that was going to be my end of May game that I was going to play. But I mean, I just, I could not bring myself to buy it because it looks really bad. Even like the the trailers and stuff that are up on the Epic Game Store, man, it looks like the, the lip sync looks off. The motion looks jerky. Like, oh, it almost reminded me of Vampire. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> so I'm avoiding it. Yeah, uh, I was going to so say. So even if yeah. I wanted to, I wasn't sure what I would have played this month. So wow. <laughs> hopefully there's some other stuff that's coming out soon. I think there's uh, there's some some stuff on the horizon uh, with, and it's not a new Horizon game. Uh, apologies. Get your, your hopes up. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, it felt like we got all of these big, giant kaboom releases in like February, March this year, and then it seemed to just kind of like die off. And I don't know what happened to all the like spring releases and stuff. It seemed like the quiet summer period started like two months early this year. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, June has um, some games. Like, uh, obviously, I was I was going to save the. Well, Diablo Immortal comes out this week. We talked pre-show about that a little bit. I, I'm going to mm-hmm. check that out and report back next week. Uh, I'm going to play it on tablet just to be just to be different. Uh, I do have a <laughs> phone though and a PC, so. Um, <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Uh, well, I'm looking at June. I'm, I mean, uh, you got Mario Strikers Battle League. I don't know if you played the Mario Strikers. It's no. like the soccer battle game. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> oh, the quarry. The quarry comes out. That's the. Um, oh, OK. All right. Yeah, that's the the Until Dawn spiritual successor. I'll definitely get into that. Yeah, they did announce that uh, the the multiplayer for it would would not be launching I would not be at launch, but I mean, I, if I recall until dawn, it was, it was a solitary experience. It was a story. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a solo experience. Yeah. I mean, what else is here? I mean, you've got, well, you got Fire Emblem Warriors three hopes, but I, I know that one is more of a, a me game. Uh, yeah. That's a Ryan game. <laughs> yeah. That's a Ryan game. Um, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. June is also like E3. Well, you know, the ghost of E3, uh, month. So, <laughs> In the next couple of weeks, we'll be getting a bunch of news. So we'll definitely have plenty to talk about over the next uh, over the next month, um, including Diablo Immortal and other announcements from, you know, various. I think Sony has a state of play later this week. So there's lots to keep us busy in June, even if you don't have a phone. It's fine. (laughs) I do have a phone, but I will not be playing Immortal. So. (laughs) Okay, I just wanted to check that that you did have one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't worry. I have a few actually. <laughs> yeah, that's. A- Although I think my work might frown upon me putting games on my work phone if I even can. It's pretty locked down. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's like June's always one of those weird months where it's it's either it's usually very busy near the end, and then usually like it's like oh this is really quiet. And it's because a lot of people are saving that like and it's available right now announcement. Mm, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, there is the new ESO expansion elsewhere is coming out, or no, not is it elsewhere? No. Oh, now know. I'm not sure. But what? the new ESO expansion about the Bretons and that has ships that look like pirate ships and stuff that's coming oh. out in June. <laughs> yeah, that, that June is their normal 
announcement yeah, June's time. There, yeah, because they, they do their expansion or like their content releases in an annual cycle. So hmm. we're like, we just finished up the, um, oh my God, I've been playing in Skyrim, but that's not the one. It was the other one. Uh, oh, why am I blanking on it so hard? <laughs> well, the new one oh, coming terrible. out is Legacy <laughs> of the Bretons, which is, uh, which is High Isle. Is that yes, high aisle. Okay, that's, that's a one. yeah, that's the new one that's coming out. Yeah, man, mm. I'm dumb. <laughs> no, what, I'm pretty wait. sure elsewhere was like the dragons and the Khajiit from like years ago. I don't is know it? why my brain is not working. <laughs> someone's yelling at their I know their someone's podcast. gonna be yelling at guys. I've been off for a month, okay? <laughs> it's also not helpful that I'm on the Elder Scrolls online website and I cannot find for the life of me a list of expansions. Uh, I almost feel like that's that's a problem. Like I should be able to just <laughs> click a button that says here are all the the expand. There's a lot. This game's been out for a while. They have it has been out for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so now uh, whatever. Uh, I think yeah. there's think, yeah. there's expansions. We're at the end of one. There's going to be another one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nailed it. There's uh, always Blackwood. An expansion. Blackwood. Blackwood was the was the one that was last year's. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm so behind on just like all MMOs. I'm like, I eventually just had to be like, all right, I got to check out. I can't, I can't, yeah. I can hardly keep up. Okay. And, so, okay. Mm. So, uh, there is elsewhere, which is the dragon one. There's Somerset, which was the high elves. There's Morrowind. There was Greymore. Greymore was the Skyrim one. There was Blackwood that just recently came or that came out last year. And then high Isle is the one that's coming out in 2022, which yeah, there you go. Did it. <laughs> Figured it out. Figured it out. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So you'll have that to look forward to. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I will be playing that. And I, I do kind of feel bad. And I know I've said this before on the show. I feel bad uh, because I do play a lot of games as a service. And so I feel like I talk about the same things over and over and over again. But um yeah hopefully i find something in june that's uh maybe through game pass or something i haven't checked game pass in in a month so maybe i'll find something cool to play but ryan what have you been playing well it should come as no surprise that i have been playing all kinds of stuff <laughs> it's very hard for me to to, to stick to I love one that game i can't find anything to play and you're like i've played 18 things in the past three days it's not <laughs> a good thing though <laughs> it's, it's definitely not a, a a good thing and i mean this so the game i'm going to talk about this week uh is a game i've kind of been uh playing on and off for the last month it's called rogue legacy 2 it's a uh rogue like or rogue light whatever <laughs> whichever one it is um obviously it's a it's a sequel uh to probably one of the first roguelikes i ever played like i think i do remember you talking about the original one i feel like rogue legacy might have been the first one of these like roguelike games that really everyone seemed to be talking about like it really made it onto my radar i never played it but i feel like everyone started talking about this and then all of a sudden i knew what a roguelike game was <laughs> yeah it was this one and and uh, so there was it's 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 original game rogue legacy and dead cells i think that really caused the the genre to um pick up steam kind of explode yeah yeah and uh, just like the first one in in the sequel, I think what made the first one really unique wasn't the idea of like, how far can I get in my run? How much resources can I collect? The one resource that you use to sort of build up your character in this case is, is gold. So coins that you find. 
Um, but the, u- the unique thing that set Rogue Legacy aside was that every time you died, you would pick um, one of your children to to be the next character you play. And each each time you choose a new child to your a new heir to play as, uh, it would have different traits, um, and that could be the class. So whether it was a warrior or a mage or a barbarian. Um, which affected the abilities it had, the weapon abilities, and and just generally, in general, like how it played, Uh, but also quirky traits. So sometimes, um, you know, you could be a a colorblind archer. So all you see is you you see the game, it's got a a black and white filter over top of it. Um, I was going to say, does that actually, being a colorblind character, does that actually make the game black and white? That's that's pretty fun. (laughs) Yeah. So every run is completely different and i think that's what makes you know when you look at a uh when you look at games that that tout that they're completely random i think like for me what makes a completely random experience more uh entertaining is when the randomness affects everything about the run and i think that's what rogue legacy always captured was that i know every run i do whether i'm running through um the same uh types of areas so like each biome has a specific feel of course the rooms are randomized and the layout's always different um but like it's a castle biome so every room looks like a castle uh and then you get to the like seaside village uh i don't know a better way to describe it but the second area is kind of like a lot of like you know a lot of like uh port looking stuff Mm -hmm. and um it's always going to have that look and feel, but it's randomized rooms and uh, dead cells had this as well. But like, I think what made rogue legacy more engaging was that you, whenever you r- did a run, you had a different character to play as and not just a different class where you're like, uh, so for example, the base class is like a, a knight. So it's just your, you have your X button is, is to swing your sword. And then the Y button is like a shield ability. And then you have like a magic spell alongside that. Uh, but if you're, um, you, I think new in the game is uh, the archer I mentioned. So like your X button is like to draw your bow. And now all of a sudden you have a ranged attack. Um, and that completely changes things. But like the random traits that it adds it's that risk reward. And if you haven't seen that trait before, you don't know what it is until you choose it. So it's Mm. just, it tells you the name of the trait and it's like question mark, question mark of like, you have to play as this character to determine what this trait is. Um, And sometimes they are just like quirky. Like uh, they'll, they'll change the way, like I think one was like old timey. And when you go into it, it's got like that old timey crane filter over like sepia, you know, uh, uh, look to it like you're watching a, a film from the 20s. And it doesn't necessarily get in the way of the enjoyment of the game, but it's like, aha, this is kind of funny uh, that uh, that I have to play through this this whole level like that. Um, other times, like there's uh, the, <laughs> one of the traits was like diva. And basically what it <laughs> means is there's a spotlight on you and enemies. Everything else is is blacked out and you just see this spotlight so you know there's an enemy in the room because there's a spotlight, but you can't see anything else. You can't see, like, hazards or okay. anything. <laughs> and, again, like, it changes up the way you have to play. It makes it, you know, um, feel different and fun. And and you do have to have that mindset of, like, okay, I'm not going to get as far with this character uh, as I would if I was just playing as 
um, someone that had less less dangerous traits. Um, mm-hmm. But in this case, I'm just going to have fun with it. I'm going to collect as much gold as I can. Uh, sometimes there are reasons to choose, uh, you know, go with a, a character that might not have the best traits, but offers like a bonus to gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you use that gold to like build up your character, unlock more uh, skills and and upgrade your your stats uh, very slowly by uh, before you do your run, you get the chance to spend your gold. And if you don't spend it, you do lose a very good portion of it. There is like a component to save some of your gold when you do start a new run, but it's like, I think it's like 10%. So they Mm. do encourage you to spend it when you get back to town. So you said that your next character is one of your children. So when you die, does it just automatically generate like five options for you? Or can you influence that in any way with like your play style? Or is it just like, here's five options that are randomly generated every time you die and they're your quote unquote children, but they're not really a game mechanic in and of themselves? Yeah, they're they're randomly generated. There's no real uh, like connection or story Okay, so it's not like you have to try to, like, find a spouse, and if they're a good match, you'll get, like, five kids and have five choices instead of three or something like that. Like, there's no way to interact with that part of the game. No. They're just uh, thematically your children. Exactly. (laughs) Air quotes. Okay. (laughs) It's it's almost as if, like, before you arrived to do the the run uh, in, in the whatever world you're entering, it's almost like you had to have three kids before you volunteered to go uh, because they do present you with, with three options. Three uh, every time. Okay. Yeah. And the only, uh, I think there's some traits or sorry, there's some unlocks in the tech tree that can influence or at least allow you to re-roll those, those, uh, those options that are presented to you um, and increase like, some of the stats that are presented uh, for some of the characters. But for the most part, it's it's fairly random. And like I found that as I was playing and, I, and I've put like 20 hours into it, uh, playing it on and off, or like I said, over the last, you know, three to four weeks, um, I always found that it, there was always an option that wasn't like, oof, uh, I don't want to have I don't want to have a I don't want to do a have fun just have fun run. I want to like go, I want to go fight this boss. So I know you want to progress. Yeah, exactly. So I know I need to play as this class. Cause I know I can do high damage input, great dodging and avoid like those specific type of attacks that the, that the bosses are going to have. Um, and I always found like, if I wanted to like, you know what? I, I do want to take the plus 60% to gold, but also have it. So, um, I'm trying to think of other, you know, funny, like uh, one of them is like um, you fart a lot. So like every like three or four, (laughs) you know, uh, paces, your character will just fart. It's harmless. Right. But like uh, it's it's just a visual effect. So sometimes it's just a visual effect. Sometimes it's something that will will greatly impact you. I think there's one where uh, it would be funny if that like repelled enemies or something. Like minor enemies are repelled by your horrible, horrible farts. <laughs> yeah, there, there are, there is like a fart power that, like, if you have the <laughs> fart like problem, uh, you you can hit the B button, which is your magic spell, and it's usually you have the fart spell, uh, which will do what you imagine it'll do. You'll fart, you'll 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 
jump up in the air a little bit and everyone will have like a a debuff where they're like basically poisoned. Um, so there, there, it has a lot of fun with all the, you know, abilities and all the text is really well written. It's all hilarious. And there's just so many, there's a nice balance of resources too. Like it's not just gold. You're also finding, um, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if it's like iron or if it's just metal of, of some kind you're using to upgrade your equipment. So there's equipment you're finding and that is allowing you to boost your character, get more armor. Um, there are runes you can unlock and those runes are powered by another resource that you're unlocking. So I've found that like, there's definitely a lot more to go in terms of unlocks. It sounds like there's a lot of depth. There is. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton of depth and so far, I've been able to take on and finish two bosses. Uh, there are six. Uh, I've I've unlocked the third one, although uh, I, I I think I think it killed me pretty quick, uh, and, I, <laughs> and I haven't had a chance to to get back there yet. But um, different from I don't remember this from the first one, and and some folks could correct me if I'm wrong. But they there are abilities in the game where you're permanently unlocking abilities for your, for your, all your characters in future runs. Um, and those abilities are unlocked by finding like clues and then finding the area where this like challenge is. Um, and some of those abilities are like the dash ability so that you can dash oh, okay. in, in the in midair. Um, there's also the double jump, uh, which <laughs> comes in super handy and, uh, Lots of lots of little things like that. So like different abilities that you're getting. So when you start, you're really just X for swinging your sword. You have a, a Y ability and a magic ability and you have a couple traits, but then eventually you start to unlock more, more mobility options, more armor, more weapons, and you're just slowly building out your character. And I found that as I was progressing, like a good, good road, like you're able to basically build up your character to a certain stage where oh, now I can go into this area and all the enemies have kind of like come back to my level as opposed to me just being able to hit them with one hit and and move on. It mm-hmm. is super satisfying to blow through the, the early levels, get a bunch of gold. That feels really good. But sometimes you just like, no, I'm just going to grab the teleporter. You can pay. You, you find like a pizza delivery girl and, and she helps you unlock uh, little portals for you to use permanently. So you can like teleport from the starting area to the third area where you're working on to like just skip all of that. Okay. So you don't have to go through the whole thing every single time. Yeah. So I really like that as well. I like in terms of shortcuts it at first I was like, Oh, this feels like it's really going to cut the length of the game down. But at the end of the day to get to that fourth or fifth area, I don't really want to have to go through one or two other areas. Well, yeah. And you said, didn't you say that you've played about 20 hours so far and you're only through two of the six bosses? So it sounds like it, there's a lot of challenging content in here. Yes. It doesn't sound like they're handing it to you at all. <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> and by no means am I, uh, you know, trying my darndest to like finish the game as soon as possible. I'm, I think like the first one, I'm really just enjoying the time I'm, I'm spending with it. Like I'm not too worried about, uh, defeating all the bosses. Like I'm reading all the text that pops up. Cause like I said, it's all really well written. It's all funny. Um, all the characters interact, you know, uh, when you go back to your hometown, like you, you know, occasionally like the blacksmith or the ruin, 
uh, keeper will have more stuff to say to you and, and you can kind of chat with them and, and uh, you have options. You can like lock down the world so that it doesn't change. Like say you, you found a specific layout that you wanted to keep so that you could go back in and unlock a boss or uh, go to a specific room to, to find a secret. Like you can, you know, uh, pay a penalty to lock down the layout so that when you go back in, it's just enemies that have respawned. The rooms are, are the same. So there's like a lot of those options if you really want to, you know, go down that route. But if you're just looking to like jump in, play around with, you know, some like, uh, like a, and so many different classes too. Like, that's the other thing. Like I found that eventually I was like, okay, this has to be the last one. Like I've unlocked, I think there's gotta be like over 10 different classes that you can play as. So again, like even if the traits aren't keeping it interesting, it's like, Ooh, I haven't played as an assassin in a while or, Oh, I haven't played as a gunslinger in a while. So they do a really good job at presenting you with options that are like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to playing as a, as this character. There's a boxer in there. A uh, lot of different classes that I, I, I remember from the first one, just having more of like your standard fantasy classes, like barbarian and, and, uh, and warrior and, and mage, mage and archer. Like that. Yeah. 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 So I'm I'm really enjoying the game. I think it's uh it's well worth, you know, picking up if you're look if you like roguelikes. Uh, if you like the first one, like honestly, it's such a great, you know, continuation taking what made Rogue Legacy 1 work so well and then also building upon it with what's come after it, you know, like with more of the upgrade system, more classes, more variation, you know, more of a connecting tissue story uh, more dialogue, that sort of stuff. So, um, I'm playing it on steam. I think it's on other platforms as well, but, uh, I think PC is where most folks will end up picking this one up. So, um, and yeah, it was in early access for a couple of years. It's out now. It's, uh, it had its 1.0 launch. So definitely check out uh, rogue legacy too. I'm having a blast with it. It it sounds pretty interesting, and honestly, I'm more open to stuff like this ever since I played Nobody Plays or Nobody Saves the World, which is not exactly the same type of game. But I think like just the the like playing something over and over and over again, and you know, like unlocking different stuff, and I don't know, it just like dungeon crawling, all that kind of stuff. Like I didn't think that I liked those kind of games until I played Nobody Saves the World, and so I think maybe I should give Rogue Legacy two a shot. I think you'd enjoy it. I think like, you know, I think you and I are in a similar camp when it comes to, uh, you know, this style of combat and the difficulty of the type of bosses that are that are set up in, in these types of games. Like, I think um, this one has a really great ramp up in terms of, you know, that first area where it's like two to three hits for every enemy and then you feel like you're slowly getting more powerful and mm-hmm. there's no pressure to uh, fight any of the bosses right away. Like you can get to a boss area and be like, you know what? I don't want to <laughs> fight yet. this boss. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to just keep progressing. I want to keep unlocking. I want to keep getting powerful. And you can g- jump in, try the boss, you know, see how the mechanic works and <laughs> fail horribly. Move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like I think uh, and this is why I was so happy that when they when they brought abilities in and, and you have to face a challenge to um to unlock that ability permanently honestly those those challenges are well you know while challenging uh are not impossibly difficult it's really just Mm -hmm. a a mini tutorial to try to teach you how to use the ability you're about to unlock 
And I really appreciated that they didn't put this large difficulty challenge ahead of you to unlock something that you, you're just using for the first time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was really nice. And again, with the bosses, I find like once you learn their pattern and you've built up enough armor and health and, and mana like like you do as as you progress, you don't you don't have to fight those bosses right away. You can like you know, okay, I know this guy, I'll come back to him, I'll go into the second area, I'll progress a little further, I'll, you know, unlock the pizza delivery lady so I can, you know, start unlocking some portals. And and honestly, I feel like the bosses don't stop you from moving into the next area to progress a little further. Mm. Uh, I think there's even one boss that is literally in front of a gate, but you can through finding hints and stuff you can in game you can just skip over the gate like there's a back entrance into an area and it's okay yeah (laughs) it was really cool yeah (laughs) work around (laughs) exactly so again like the game isn't saying you have to face these bosses in order to get to the next area it gives you a lot of options uh yeah like you can kind of play play the way that you want to play and and engage with the bosses when you decide you're ready (laughs) yeah and and this is the thing um the third boss I came across, uh, it was like a specific unlock condition where you had to find two of these uh, these flowers. I think they're like, they were, I can't remember what kind of equipment they're called, but they're a specific type of equipment. And that equipment like hits your uh, re- resolute or your, your, your capacity. There, there's a, like a couple of resources and stuff that I uh, like, I just accept that are there. But I, I'm again, I'm terrible at remembering every single mechanic, but <laughs> I was like, oh man, am I gonna have to find these these flowers in the area every time I go fight the boss? No, I just I had to find them once and unlock the boss. Like again, a lot of roguelikes like to say, like, no, everything resets. Just everything. In this, mm-hmm. it's, they're very smart about like this stuff resets, but like the really annoying stuff to, to if we had to make you do this over like I feel like they could add like a truly uh, super hardcore mode where it's like, no, everything resets and you only play as a warrior uh, (laughs) for the whole run. You know, Um, they don't punish you uh, for dying. It feels like when you die, it's like, ah, shoot. Well, I made it pretty far. Let's try again. As opposed to like, oh man, I got to do all that again. Um, But yeah, you're right. There's lots of options. And um, eventually if you do want to like beat the game, you'll have to go fight the bosses. But if you slowly build your character up as much as possible, like you, you will be better equipped to fight them. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds fun. I think, uh, yeah, I'll actually maybe spend some time. And I love how I'm like, I'm going to actually maybe <laughs> spend some time in this game. But yeah, I do think you've, you've sold me on this, Ryan. You really have. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it. It plays great on the couch with a controller. I'm playing on steam, but I immediately, it actually tells you like, play this with a controller. For the love oh, good. Of, of I also, Pete. man, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying controller experiences and kind of relaxing as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go and check it out. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on to news? Yeah, well, I won't keep us from, <laughs> you know, the news that I know we're all looking forward <laughs> I know, to. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait. Like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say this. I, uh, I for some reason, uh, I had a an itch to boot up the Switch again and play some N64 games because, yes, I did subscribe to the expansion pass uh and i uh, of course <laughs> of course it did it should it shouldn't surprise anybody and of course i bought the wireless n64 controller which by the way is is incredibly awesome 
Um, is it okay? I because I know that you at some point texted me and was like, "Hey, you can get these now if you really want one." And I was like, "Oh man, I bet it doesn't work. I bet oh. it's like this crappy peripheral that'll never that I'll never actually use." So I didn't pull the trigger on it. But now you're saying it's it's good. It works. I should have done it. <laughs> oh, it, like and here's the thing. So first of all. Before I go into my glowing review of how well it works, um, <laughs> this is something that Nintendo they'll keep making. Like they've they've well, as long as the Switch is around, they'll keep making it. I mean, eventually they will uh, discontinue it, like they do everything. But um, I I think they're committed to to keep stock moving as uh, for the foreseeable future. But yeah, it. I mean, here's the thing: it's still an N64 controller, and I I think for those that didn't like the N64 controller that's like oh my god that's it's a terrible controller but for for me uh I grew like I grew up with the N64 I grew up on it too yeah exactly yeah. like it went Super Nintendo and then N64 and that's I just man I was such a Nintendo gamer for such a long time so yeah yeah and in, in the wireless N64 controller it works like a dream it's like you're transported back 20 years ago which I'm not going to look it up. I'm just I'm just going to say 20 years. It's probably more. It's probably longer. Yeah, yeah it probably is. Uh, oh, no, no, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's only. Well, um, GameCube was like 2004. <laughs> wasn't Mario 64 96. So, ooh, I mean, I think I'm math. Yeah, wrong. and that's way more. So 20 <laughs> years ago was 2002, Ryan. <laughs> oh, dear. OK, so almost 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've just totally lost a decade. That's Whoops. all. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> it's in there somewhere and the decades somewhere in there. Um, yeah. So uh, the very old N64. <laughs> <laughs> I love that even in the notes, you're like, I played a 20 year old yeah, Kirby game. Like, no, no, a 30 year old Kirby game. Well, Ryan. maybe. Uh, when did Kirby, uh, Kirby N64, when did that come out? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, it came out in 2000. So that one's closer to being 20 years than, <laughs> yeah, okay, than the fair N64 enough. <laughs> in general. So I was, I was sort of right. But, but here's the thing. I, I think the, the Kirby and the Crystal Shards or whatever was announced as the May game. And it kind of brought me back to the expansion pass. And since then they've added, uh, Mario Golf, um, Banjo Kazooie, which is one of my favorite N64 games ever. Um, and I jumped into all of those just to kind of like transport myself back to the years of the N64. And I'll say this, like, I think, I think that, uh, you know, nostalgia is a really powerful thing and jumping back into those games, like I couldn't help, but just smile and everything kind of, you know, melt away around that and be like, you know what? I'm just enjoying playing this Kirby game that that, uh, you know, I I remember when I bought it, it was before the Internet was readily available where, where I was. Uh, and I remember just like having seen screenshots at, at IGN when when I was in the computer lab at, at elementary school. And I thought it was like I thought it was going to be a Mario 64 for Kirby. And turns out it was like a 2D Kirby game. But I but I still found the fun. I still enjoyed it. Um and uh, playing it again, it's like, yeah, it's it's definitely very much a simple, you know, 3D um, side scrolling Kirby game. But it, oh, man, it's just again, like, I think that's why, you know, these subscription services for Nintendo, at least work so well, because it is just I want to get in. I want to play a little bit and just have that, you know, that trip down memory lane and then jump out to a different game. And yeah. 
I'm just I'm looking at this and uh, I guess I <laughs> it's the games that they've included mm-hmm. um, with the with the past that you're talking about. And first of all, I didn't realize that Majora's Mask was on the list. I thought Ocarina of Time was. I didn't realize Majora's Mask was. So maybe I need to get it just to play through that again. But um, apparently there's a Nintendo game called Sin and Punishment. That oh, yeah. doesn't sound very Nintendo-esque. <laughs> no, it's a I think it's like a treasure game and they... They made a sequel for the the Wii, I think. It was a big deal. Um, it's a cult classic. Like if you put a list of like names of video games and that was one of them and I had to like pick out the Nintendo titles, I would never choose something called <laughs> Sin and Punishment as a game that came out from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely uh, it's it's one of those games. It's a bit of a a cult classic. Um, I think it was, it was only released in Japan until the virtual console on the Wii um, Ah. or whatever. And uh, it came out and there was a sequel too. And it was fully, I think it's fully localized too. Like you can play it in, in English. It just never, they just never released it uh, North America in North America. Hmm. So, I mean, like I've had a lot of fun jumping into Mario Kart and Star Fox 64 and, and paper, the original paper Mario is in there. There's, there's a lot there. And again, like it's not going to win people back who think the expansion pass is too expensive. It's still all in much cheaper than all the other services. And I'm not even comparing it to Game Pass because that's not fair. But yeah, I think <laughs> with Sony uh, launching their new service, which includes classic games at the highest tier, um, I think when you look at the back catalog, Nintendo still has the best you know, retro catalog in yeah. comparison. And, and I don't, I don't even think like, it's not even a, <laughs> an argument worth, worth going down that, that rabbit hole. I think there's Nintendo has that back catalog. And, um, I, I, I'm looking forward to E3 time. Cause usually they do like announce a bunch of stuff. And of course there are gaps. Like, you know, there are NES, super NES and N64 games that are not present in the, in in the collection and maybe won't be added. Like Super Mario RPG is not in there. Um, we were having a conversation in Discord about Chrono Trigger. It's not in there as an SNES game and likely never will be just due to licensing and and uh, and and conversations between companies that, you know, like money would have to be exchanged. And, and I think, I'm sure Nintendo is just is looking at their their catalog first and and finding some other ones to to pop into as well like uh win back covert operations i have no idea what that is <laughs> no i played a little bit of it i'm like okay yeah I, I do not remember this game at all but um yeah i'm i'm having fun with it i i think it's super weird to have like an n64 controller just hanging out in the living room it's so odd <laughs> as something that you're using with your current gen stuff yeah yeah it's incredible, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an expensive way to, to play some old N64 games, but uh, <laughs> honestly it, it is so much fun. So if you do get yeah. a chance to pick up that controller, like it is a hundred percent. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to have to now, Ryan, you know, yeah. I'm going to have to. <laughs> that and Rogue Legacy too. You're, you're all set. Yeah. I am. I am. You've convinced me. Um, and I'm definitely going to pick these things up with your help. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in if you would like to support the show. If you like what we're doing here, just like our June patron did, Josh Cook. Thank you very much, Josh, for supporting the show. Again, you can head on over 
to patreon.com slash the gamers in that brings us to the news this week and it's not really this week's news it's a couple weeks old now but as ryan alluded to on the top at the top of the show uh dead by daylight is getting a dating sim it's officially been announced and they like just totally like straight face like cold announce in the middle of their um anniversary stream so they do a stream every may and uh they kind of do uh wrap up of everything that has happened in the previous year. They look ahead at the roadmap. They have they announced the anniversary event. And they were... I can't even remember what they were talking about ahead of this announcement. But it was like something super serious. It was like game balance or whatever. And they're talking about everything they're going to rework and blah, blah, blah. And then they just kind of did this like fade to black. And then all of a sudden, the trailer started. And guys, I don't know if you have seen the trailer for Hooked on You. It's ridiculous. <laughs> It's like super bright, super colorful, like, oh God, it's just, it's this total visual like shift from Dead by Daylight. And it was like jarring almost in the middle of this like super serious, gory, scary, like announcement anniversary thing. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) trapper in a bathing suit, like what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it, it just uh, dawned on me that I had not watched the trailer, so I was just watching it uh, now. And and it's it is uh, you're right. <laughs> that would be jarring for them to switch from <laughs> Dead by Daylight over to uh, revealing the the four killers that they've presented so far uh, for Hooked on You. And uh, it's a departure for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's also pretty funny that the uh, so the spirit is one of the. Uh, characters you can romance one of the killers you can romance and she's actually wearing more clothes in a, in a dating sim a beach summer dating sim <laughs> than she is in dead by daylight <laughs> yeah it's really funny but they've said like i mean they are taking it like i guess as seriously as you can take a dead by daylight dating sim i guess it's the same people who made the kfc dating sim (laughs) which i didn't know was a thing until this (laughs) um but yeah they've said it's coming to steam sometime this summer and they're uh they're four killers they are all original dead by daylight ip so the trapper the huntress the wraith and the spirit um so no licensed uh characters just they're like original dead by daylight killers and uh they uh, it looks ridiculous like in probably the best way and i guess each of the individual killers like represents a different um like trope i guess from a dating sim so <laughs> i don't i can't remember exactly what all of the uh the different kind of uh character tropes were but i there's like the jock and the nerd and the emo kid i think is the spirit and i can't remember who the I can't remember what the Huntress is supposed to represent, but anyways, uh, it looks ridiculous in the best way possible. And I'm definitely going to play this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like a hundred percent. Like I can't, I can't wait. This is, I'm, I'm so happy that this was not a joke and that they actually came out with this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I've not played the, the KFC dating sim, but I, I've heard uh, good things. Like it's, it's a, uh, they did a they did a really good job at at making a KFC dating sim. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they do with this one. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like you guys laughed at me 
when I said that like the Dead by Daylight crowd is thirsty. I feel like everyone was laughing at me and thought that I was making it up. But they said in the anniversary stream when they announced this, that uh, Dead by Daylight dating sim was like in the top three of like most requested spinoff games. Hmm. It's insane. And it's like, and there's always like, so there's going to be some suggestions that people, the fan made suggestions that are just not possible, right? Whether it's like licensing reasons or just development um, resources or whatever. Like there's always going to be stuff that's just like way too far out there, way too much for them to to ever do in a spinoff. So I guess the combination of you know, dev time alongside with the amount of people that had requested a dating sim. Um, I guess it just, yeah. Yep. <laughs> this is what they landed on as their first spinoff project. <laughs> it's it's such a, like, it, again, like, I think what succeeds in this industry is just being, well, one of the things that succeeds is, is being completely unique. And I think that, um, taking a property like dead by daylight and having some of your your original creation killers spun off into a dating sim is like i'm sure just like with the kfc dating sim game it's definitely out there <laughs> that that must have sold some chicken it must have yeah oh brian <laughs> I mean, is that not what it, what they made it for? I don't know. I just, I, I guess so. I mean, I guess it's an advertising tool. I don't know. It just dating chicken. I don't know. That feels like some weird kink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't take your dates to KFC. I guess. I, well, I say it sounds like a weird kink, but we're literally talking about a dating sim where you date killers. Like, <laughs> that's also a pretty weird kink. <laughs> Yeah. So is there is it just the four that are original creations, or is there there's a, there are, there are other original creations? I'm not suggesting are, that we need yeah. others in here, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So there are other original creations, and there are also other um, like original characters on the survivor side. So this is just the there. This is just four killers for now. Um, but they have talked about expanding it, and I think they do have a lot of original creations that they can. Uh, potentially port over to Dead by Daylight as DLC or as patches or however they decide to to kind of monetize this game. But um, yeah, a lot of people were were saying like, hey, like, where are my survivors? Like, who am I playing as? Because you're kind of like, you are playing as yourself. Like there is no, you're not playing as like one of the survivors or one of the other killers or anything like that. Like you are yourself and you can romance one of these four killers. Um so I think a lot of people were like, why like, why don't you have more options? And I, I'm sitting there going like, okay, they just announced this. They're a like horror game, like a high basically it's hide and seek, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they and it's in the horror genre. And now they're spinning out a dating sim from this. Like, maybe just let them do like a proof of concept sort of thing before we start riding them for not having enough content. Like you guys haven't even played it yet. (laughs) So like maybe relax a little, but I do also get, like I said, the dead by daylight community is thirsty and passionate. And you know that they are writing fanfic about insert character here. So like (laughs) if they're, chosen romance killer or survivor wasn't included in hooked on you i can uh, like i guess i get where they're coming from we're like oh but i just really wanted to romance blight (laughs) like first of all ew but second of all i 
guess. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but oh. take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's an original creation and he's pretty gooey. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, I mean, uh, it seems like they could release this base game and have a lot of fun with it. And you know they're going to sell... Um, you know, custom outfits for the killers in Dead by Daylight to make them look like... Uh, oh, God, yeah. I'm sure we're going to get some kind of, like, summertime beach fun. By the way, I just sent you a picture of Blight in the Discord, so okay. he's missing the bottom half of his face. Oh, yeah. Hey, he's cute. <laughs> Ryan would hit that. Well, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I don't. How come I'm not recognizing this? this, Is it new? Is it a new character? Uh, A couple of years ago. Oh, weird. I guess the license like this is the other thing that I think will work well for um, the developers of Dead by Daylight is like having a spinoff where they get to focus solely on their original creations. I think it it will allow them to like put them more front and center because really as someone who doesn't play as actively um, as yourself, like really the license stuff jumps out and and i think alongside this announcement there was actually some more resident evil stuff that they were committing to as well right mm-hmm. yeah so there's uh the further partnership with resident evil nobody really knows what that means but there have been like talks of like people having like or at least wanting lady d to be a killer or maybe mm-hmm. potentially um uh i can't remember his name now but he's from like the earlier games uh well there's what who's in there now it's not nemesis is it it is nemesis oh, yeah nemesis so mr. is x. the current uh yeah maybe mr x is or there somebody Tyrant? with like a a proper like first and last name oh um uh, who's a like bad guy a, uh like albert wesker yeah yeah oh. that's it yeah so and people have been talking about him as well and then there's talk, like they're redoing all the resident evil maps and stuff um, they also um, announced the next patch, which is going to be another original killer. So, like, they've they have a ton of content. They kind of go usually like some sort of license, then an original, then a license, then an original is is kind of the way they've been going. So, um, we just got the most recent chapter was the Ring or Ringu, I guess, um, technically the Japanese version. So, the next one is is going to be an original killer. So. It's it's the boogeyman. I can't remember what the oh the dredge. The dredge is his official DVD name, but he's supposed to be like everyone. Like he's made up of bits and pieces of everyone's worst nightmares. Mm. It's it's pretty cool design. (laughs) Well, it actually uses like the demogorgon skeleton, so he's he's quite monstrous and he moves in a really weird way. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, there you go. Lots of options. So this has been your DVD news, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the anniversary does start in a couple of weeks, so it should be fun. Um, so Microsoft has also come out and started talking about their Keystone. I guess they're, they've said that they're working on this dongle thing uh, for, for streaming games, um, but I think it just says that they were working on it, but they've scrapped it and they're starting a new design. It's, it's in the works anyways. Yeah, it's... This, so this is the thing that, um, you know, Microsoft has really been prioritizing the development of xCloud, what they called xCloud, but now they call Xbox Cloud Gaming, I think, is, right. is what yeah. they're with now. And really, it would present um, an option to sell like a very uh, sub $100 uh, streaming device that just allows you to have a like a like access to your Xbox 
gaming cloud uh, with with uh, Game Pass. And I think like that sounds really cool. I, I as someone who has done a lot of in-house streaming with, you know, playing uh, like we're doing a game club for 13 Sentinels. Sometimes I'll play on my tablet through remote play and play, you know, in a different room or or maybe I just want to play for a little bit and and you know shut it down without having to set everything up in the living room but i think the idea of having like a streaming only xbox dongle it's interesting because there are a lot of games on game pass that work really well for cloud gaming because they're not like active games like you can play Mm -hmm. something that can handle a little bit of input lag you know and to have a sub hundred dollar device that will allow, allow you to access that stuff um it's kind of the first for gaming, right? Like I don't outside of the steam link, there really hasn't been a lot of these low cost gaming devices. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. really something that's existed more in the, in the TV streaming world with, you know, well, I guess stadia did it, but (laughs) I mean, do we count stadia? Like they kind of dropped it. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) They did drop it pretty quick. So, (laughs) I mean, I think, I think Microsoft is doing the right thing here and like, you know, building out the technology with their existing hardware and not rushing to put out um, a dongle. Like the fact that they're saying like, yeah, we're, we, we have been working on it. We're just trying to get, you know, the right fit for, for, for our platforms. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I'm, I, I, it's good that they're taking their time with it. Cause like I said, they, I think they have a good base and everything I've, you know, tested out with Xbox cloud gaming, like it's, it's there, it works and it's functional. And I think having a devoted device to just the cloud gaming, it's kind of tempting, like a good, like second TV area. Like if you have a TV, you know, in, in your basement or, or in the main room where you don't necessarily want to like have your Xbox hooked up, it's, you know, it's nice to have options. I think that like they're they're getting closer and closer to a like full on affordable gaming experience, right? Like if you can buy like Xbox Game Pass and then just have a cloud library of stuff like that's constantly iterating and and changing and whatever, like obviously some things like Sea of Thieves are always available on Game Pass, but other stuff cycles in and out. Um, and then you can play that on like a streaming device, then that could be, I mean, uh, assuming that the streaming stick, whatever it ends up looking like, um, if it is cheaper than an Xbox, which it should be, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then like if I can just buy Game Pass and then have like $100 streaming stick or even like $200, then like that's suddenly a lot more affordable than, you know, trying to buy um, the newest Xbox or the newest PlayStation, right? Like, especially as consoles start getting more and more and more expensive. Like if you can, if you can have those experiences on a little stick with a, with a game pass, like that's going to kind of open gaming up to more people, which I think is always a good thing. Yeah. And I mean, just like Stadia, uh, just like other streaming services, like you can test this, you can test out the technology on other devices, whether it's a tablet, a phone, mm-hmm. or uh, a laptop that can't just that can just play solitaire. Like if it can handle a stream, like you can test it out and, and see how it runs. And I, I think the I, what I would like to see from like a cloud 
or like a Xbox dongle or whatever, I would like it to have a little bit more functionality than just connecting to, you know, like it would be nice to see them have the ability to have it act as if uh, similar to how like an Amazon Fire Stick works or um, even like a Chromecast, like give it a little bit more multimedia functionality. Don't go overboard, but like have like the main apps like. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. So like if you get the Xbox, well, I mean. This was the thing because they talked about this with the I can't remember which version of the Xbox console it was now, but they wanted it to be your multimedia hub. I remember that was a big thing with them when it came out is like the this box, this Xbox is the only one you need in your living room. It'll do Mm. everything. It'll do Netflix back when Netflix streaming was a new thing. Like, and uh, was it the Xbox one? Yeah, might have been. Yeah. That that was their big selling point. So basically take that concept, but put it on a stick. (laughs) Like, let me cast from my phone to the stick. Let me open up Netflix. Let me open up Disney Plus or whatever. Like, let me have apps there. Yeah. And I know um, a lot of folks that listen to this show are probably like, oh, you know, like we don't need it to do everything. We just need it to play the Xbox games. And And I think if you're trying to, you know, build this device for everyone, Um, and you're taking up an HDMI slot like it. And I know like a lot of people have smart TVs. Well, but you never know. And it's, it's, it's kind of nice to, again, like just allow more people access to more content, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's all about trying to bridge those gaps. And it may be that you and I, and, and people listening to gamers in might not necessarily be the audience for this, but that doesn't mean that an audience doesn't exist. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think like having access to those, you know, standard apps like building that technology to have Netflix and YouTube and and stuff like that. I think that goes a long way to um, entice folks that want to like, OK, yeah, maybe I want to get rid of the fire stick and, and do the the Xbox uh, dongle or whatever and, and go that route. You know, I, I think like a lot of people either have a smart TV or have some other device that they've plugged into their TV and it and, you know, it can take some convincing to to swap that device out if it's working and has like they're competing with you know the amazon fire stick the chromecast which has all those connections you know the fire stick tv has like every entertainment app you can think of so mm-hmm. i think just being an xbox streaming device is is not enough for it to sell like crazy but i think microsoft is committed to having something that that will fit within the modern day uh, living room. So I, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I want gaming to be, you know, first and foremost working, you know, to be the top priority for the device. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But like having those extra, you know, features will go a long way to, to make it a, a very popular device. Yeah. Giving it a wider appeal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then I think there's also, like you mentioned earlier on in the show, um, we're coming into June and uh, there is going to be a Microsoft uh, showcase is coming uh, June 12th. So do stay tuned for that because I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more uh, from them going forward as well as everybody else in in June at some point or another doing their own thing or in coordination with um, whatever E3 has become or um, what's it, Summer Games Fest. Jeff all that Keeley. stuff is going to Jeff Keeley. Yeah, all that stuff is going <laughs> to get a kick off in the month of June. So pay attention there. Uh, and then you want to talk about Star Wars before we wrap the show up? Yeah. So, you know, there was a big uh, Star Wars celebration that occurred uh, over the weekend and they finally 
announced uh, the the follow-up to uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order with uh, Star oh, Wars okay. Jedi Survivor. Um, and we got our first trailer. I don't really know what's going on. Again, like video game trailers are always so cryptic in terms of like what is going on. Um, not a lot of gameplay. Actually, I don't think there's any gameplay. Just kind of, you know, vistas and voiceovers and characters looking at things. <laughs> so, yeah, typical, typical announcement trailers then. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, you know, like it got me excited. But, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, uh, yeah, they're really like we know what the gameplay is. I was excited, like. but why? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you're, I was excited because I love I love the first one. It's probably one of the one of my most favorite Star Wars games, and and honestly, um, a game that took, you know, I don't want to say like Dark Souls mechanics and and combat, but like the more challenging uh, combat of dodges and parries and and. Um, similar to like like a more advanced not advanced but like a more complicated or complex uh batman combat with with lightsabers and i'm probably explaining it completely wrong <laughs> i think that's key right is is with lightsabers yes. there are lightsabers it's star wars let's go <laughs> yes of course and and that first one's so great and i mean they have upgraded it for the next generation and if you have game pass you have access to to ea play and you can you can check out jedi fallen order but um, the sequel, it, it, you know, it establishes that your your main character, Cal, and his robot buddy are back. And uh, we're going to be able to play this new game in 2023, exclusive to current generation consoles and the PC. So uh, look forward to that in the near future. All right. Well, I think that's going to pretty much do it for the show then. Uh, if you guys want to join in the conversation, do head on over to our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is Dara Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>